Cause sometimes I be right Hello Welcome To The show How's everybody feeling? Uh, delivering Late I know I know I know I know I know I know Listen You know what? Maybe it's not late for you <laughs> See I just be telling them I'm too honest I'm too honest How's everybody feeling? How's everybody doing? We got another good show for you today. We got some stuff to get into. Uh, you know, t- today, today, t- today is going to be a lot about opinions, ideas, and theories, right? Because we're at that time of the year where the NFL season is about to kick off. This is uh, actually next week's show will be the first show where we can actually. Um, give picks for college football because that's starting up. Actually, you know what? I think that's this weekend. If I'm not mistaken. Hold on. Let me check right quick because I think this weekend we got games. So I can give you like my first pick. That's right. This Saturday we got two games. And then next Thursday we got a big game. So I'm actually going to make a pick today. I'm actually going to make a pick. Let me write it down in my notes. See? Pick CFB. College football. There we go. So we got actually this is the first week of the official new season for Cyber Picks. Look, man, look at me realizing things on the go. But outside of that, uh, this time of year is always a time where people start to speculate, give their predictions, their guesses. Fantasy football is going crazy. No, I don't play fantasy football. I did for like two years. And then honestly, like I don't play fantasy football for two reasons. Number one, um, I just it's a it's a big commitment. Like, it's a big time. You really got to follow it. You got to commit to it. Um, Secondly, actually, I guess part 1B would be not only is it a big commitment, but in order to get into, like, a real league and have fun, everyone wants to play for money, which I don't blame them, but I don't want to lose my money because I don't have the time to make that big commitment to it. And then number two is honestly, although some people will feel like playing fantasy football allows them to enjoy football more because every game they watch, they may have somebody in it and it makes it more interesting. For me, it kind of it takes away from my ability to just watch the game objectively and have an opinion on the game because I'm skewing my opinion and everything based around fantasy points. And so since I'm doing this show, since I got the YouTube, I want to make sure that I stay away from that fantasy realm and not think that a quarterback or a player is good because he's doing great with fantasy and keep it to reality in real life. Because sometimes the numbers be lying. But this is the time of year, man, where people have thoughts and ideas and theories. Uh, And I want to get into some of it, some questions that have been raised and some things that I'm starting to see that I question for real. But let's intro this thing. What up, Cyber Family? If this is your first time joining us, welcome. This is Sometimes I Be Right. I am your host, John Farris, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, joined by my co-host, Wally. Say what up, Wally! So let's get right into it. I told you last week we were going to do this. Um, It's Rookie Watch. I got to come up with like a a jingle or a tune or something, because this is probably going to go on all year long. The rookies in the NFL at quarterback this year. Uh, are fascinating to me. So the ones I'm keeping a close eye on are Clayton Toon in Arizona, C.J. Stroud in Houston, obviously my favorite quarterback in the draft, uh, Bryce Young in Carolina, Will Levis in uh, with Tennessee Titans, 
and Anthony Richardson with the Colts. These are the five guys that I will be keeping an eye on all season long. So what did they do in week two of the preseason? Well, let's start with Clayton Toon. He got the most action. He went 12 of 24 for 133 yards. Now, again, this is preseason. So I've told you before, I'm not really worried about the numbers because, number one, they're rookies. It could look really, really bad. But it does, the numbers don't really matter in preseason. It's about how do you look? How do you look? And number two, I can't get too high on guys based on numbers because, look, if you're going against third and fourth string guys, guys that may not even make the roster, like, yeah, you might have some success, but it doesn't mean you're going to go out there on Sundays in the regular season and, and do anything. So I try not to get too high or too low based on the numbers, and I try to keep it to what it looks like. And I'm going to tell you, like I told you coming into the draft, if you ask me, Clayton Toon deserved to be right behind C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young as that number three and a very close number three. Like, in my opinion, he's not that far from these guys. This guy looks like a pro quarterback. When you see him back there, he doesn't look rattled. He doesn't look panicked he doesn't look rushed he looks confident he looks like he knows what he's doing he looks like he's got control of it and I'm telling you right now Kyler Murray is out of there Clayton Toon is the future of that franchise it was a great pickup I I badly wanted the Cowboys to make be able to make that pick in the draft but they scooped him up I don't even think they were ever going to make the pick for him but I'm just saying he looks the part and I've been very impressed with the way he looks CJ Stroud another guy uh, in week two, in the first week of the preseason, I told you, he looked bothered. He looked a little over his head. He looked a little rushed, panicked. I thought that he would get it together. I, I wasn't concerned, but I had to be honest and, and, and non-biased and say he looked bad. It looked bad. But in, in week two, I would say after the first drive, he looked like he caught his rhythm. It looked, it, it looked like it clicked for him. Like something just clicked over and he said, oh, yeah, this is just football. Yes, I'm in the NFL. Yes, the uniform is different. Yes, the other guys are at a different level, but I'm also at a different level. And it looked like he snapped right back into what he was at Ohio State. He was making throws with great platform. He was making uh, throws confidently. He was moving. He was doing things. He looked the part. That's the C.J. Stroud I expect to see all year, all year long. That's, again, future of your franchise, great pickup. Bryce Young, on the other hand, looked exactly the same as he did week one. Um, throwing wise wasn't perfect, but I think, you know, I, I, that just happens again. I'm not worried about the numbers, but what did it look like? He looked confident. He looked like he knew what he was doing. He looked like he had no time to really set up and do anything. So, Hey, you get what you get, but he, he does look, he looks the part. Like <laughs> These three guys, Stroud, Young and Toon are the three guys in this draft that in my mind were the can't miss. Whereas everyone was talking about Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, like Clayton Toon to me is better than both those guys. Uh, Will Levis and Anthony Richardson didn't play in week two, which is curious to me, but I don't know. I don't care. Um, but that's what happened in the rookie watch. Now, all season long, I'm going to keep up with it. Oh, my bad. I keep hitting my table. Um, but that's what I saw in week two with the rookies. Um, so speaking of Anthony Richardson, uh, the Colts came out this week. And, uh, and, and granted permission to Jonathan Taylor to seek a trade. Now, this is interesting to me for multiple reasons. Because number one, why don't they want to pay him? And number two, if the running back market is as dead as they say it is. Nobody wants to pay running backs. 
who's going to trade for him? Because not only do you have to trade for him, and I think they're asking for a number one, like a first round pick in return. So not only do I have to give up a high draft pick, maybe multiple draft picks, but then I also have to re-sign him and pay him. And he's coming off of an injury. And he hasn't been participating in camp. And it's like, so if I don't want to pay a running back, why am I going to now trade, give up assets, and then also pay him? And yet again, the, 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 the sports media will talk about his market and that there's teams that are interested. Like, what are you talking about? Like, are, are, is the running back market like, are people saying we don't need to pay guys or are they willing to pay guys? Because it sounds like all summer long, the big gripe was, ah, they're devaluing the position, but now there's a market for teams willing to give up early round draft picks and pay? Sounds like perhaps the market isn't dead. I don't know. You tell me. I'm just as confused. What do I think? What are my thoughts? I think the Colts need to offer him a contract. I don't think he needs to get paid at any crazy rate. I don't. I really don't. I came here last week and I told you, a running back should ask for $5 million and then a bunch of bonuses. And maybe you never get those bonuses because I know there's all type of shady stuff. If you get 50 catches, then we'll give you an extra $2 million. But then you are you got 48 catches going into the last week and they don't throw you the ball. I get They do all types of shady stuff like that. I don't think owners have a problem paying the money out of pocket. I Like, I don't think, I don't think... I don't think the owners are saying I I wouldn't give a running back a $5 million bonus at the end of the year out of my pocket. I think what it is is the cap number is what matters. I can't have my running back eating up that much of the cap because it's the one position that I have dozens every year available in the draft. Dozens. Like the the amount like when i was going through last year and watching the film on all the the draftable uh, players like the running backs it was literally insane how many running backs were available and how many of those running backs were actually good it was crazy so again like i don't think that they would have a problem giving a bonus <laughs> i think the problem is is i can't give you a guarantee number because that, that cap hit is going to be too high and the value's not there. Because what you're doing is not something that no one else is capable of doing. We can find someone to do a good enough job. We don't need the best. No team needs the best running back to win a championship. We need a good running back. We don't need the best one available. So I'm not sure. If it were me... I would offer him a contract. I would offer him a number that I'm comfortable with. And I'll say, look, this is what we can give you. If somebody's willing to give up these assets for you, then by all means, fine. But otherwise, like, hey, bro, this is the contract we're willing to give you. And I think when push comes to shove, I think if it's a multi-year deal, I think if it's a fully guaranteed contract at a number that you're comfortable with. Again, I don't think owners have a problem giving a fully guaranteed contract to a running back if it were either a short-term deal or the annual figure was small enough to where it was like it's not that crazy of a risk i don't know i just don't i i I, i'm i'm strongly against this current trend and the current idea and thought process of 
I need the most. I need to be highest paid. I need the max. It's like, bro, you don't need the max. Again, if you give Jonathan Taylor max money and pay him like crazy, and then Anthony Richardson ends up being really good, guess what? One of two things is going to happen. Taylor is going to lose his value and his ability. He's going to burn out way before you have to stop paying him. Or two, you're not going to be able to pay Richardson because you got Taylor on, on staff. Like, that's the only two ways this could play out. Unless you give him large money for like two years. If he'll take a two-year guaranteed contract for a large figure that he wants. So what if I offered you like two years, $30 million fully guaranteed? Would you take that? Like, and would an owner be willing to do that? I think so, because you can get out of there in two years. Because if I had you for four, and then I know your fifth year, you'll still be good. But your sixth year, you're going to start declining. Like, I'll pay you for what you previously did, but then I can move on. No penalty. I think the running backs are going to have to start. I guess the long story short, running backs are going to have to start getting creative with the way they structure their contracts if they want to get what they're looking for. Because I think what they're looking for is possible. But you can't get big annual salary and long-term deal and guaranteed money. You can't have all three. You got to choose one of them. So in Cowboys news, uh, Sam Williams, the uh, defensive end, was arrested. Was arrested the other day uh, for um, for possession of a controlled subst- substance and unlawful carrying of a weapon. What that sounds like to me, and I don't know for, for sure, I don't know these terms and definitely, I don't know exactly what they're referencing, but it sounds like he had drugs and a gun. That's what it sounds like to me now. That's ignorance on my part completely. Either way, dude, come on, man. You're so close to the start of the season. There's big expectations from you this year. Don't blow it doing stupid stuff like this, man. You... <laughs> I hate it so much because it's like, dude, be smart. I'll never understand these guys like getting caught up in this stupid and this nonsense. Like, I think about it, right? I think about it all the time. And I look at it like this. I say, man, when I was younger, uh, I played baseball. Baseball was like, I fell in love with baseball and I wanted to be a professional baseball player. Like, legitimately, that was the goal. I'm going to play professional baseball. You couldn't tell me otherwise. If I had worked my entire... Oh, by the way, the reason why I didn't, okay? The reason why I never got a chance was sophomore year of high school. uh, I was diagnosed with a herniated disc. And doctor told me I had a... I think he, he worded it as degenerative spine syndrome, something like that, where basically my vertebrae were... Uh, kind of crumbling and compressing and it was going to be like a it's going to be an issue that's always going to be there and the only real solution is a spinal fusion which they go in they get the metal rods and the brace and they put a brace around your spine and keep everything in place and you're basically a robot (laughs) but at the time I was young and they didn't want to do that type of surgery on somebody who was in his early teens because that's crazy that's like an old man surgery. So they said, look, uh, you go to physical therapy, you do that stuff, you don't need surgery, but it's probably not good for you to be swinging a, back, a bat and having that torque on your back, so you probably got to let that go. So I had to stop. But anyway, that's besides the point. Uh, but if, I was, if, I, if that never happened and I was spent my whole life 
And I spent my teen years. I went through high school. I went through college. I went through the minor league system. I got to the pros. I got drafted. I got picked. I'm there. I'm a professional. I made it to the bigs. The idea of saying, yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to get some drugs, or I'm going to walk around with a gun, or I'm going to do some stupid stuff. Just seems stupid. Like, if you're saying, Williams, you spent your childhood, like, trying to get to the pros. So you got a scholarship to college. You got into college. You played well enough in college that you got drafted. You got drafted by America's team. You made it. And then you do something stupid to possibly ruin your whole career? Like, don't. Guys, there be there will be plenty of time for you to do that when you're done. Football careers don't last very long. And if you're a defensive end, like you maybe got 10 strong years. After that, be my guest. Have a blast. But come on, man. Why are you just starting it? Why are you in it? Why are you young in it? Don't blow this opportunity, man. Don't let it slip because there's so many people who are grinding, trying to get a shot. And you got it. Don't be foolish. I'm not going to kill the guy because, look, mistakes happen, things happen. Maybe there's more to the story than that. I'm sure there is. But either way, be smart. You pro athletes got to be smart. You got to weigh everything out. You're not dumb people. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what the culture was there. I don't care how poor, how rich, how naive. I don't care none of that. When you make it to your ultimate goal, you have to stay focused, especially in that business of pro sports where nothing's guaranteed, where if you have a bad game, you could be gone, especially in the NFL. And you want a rookie deal, bro, they'll get rid of you in a heartbeat. Be smart. Be responsible. Now I want to get into some theories, okay? And while I do this, I'm actually going to put on the... uh, I'm actually going to put on the game. Because right now we got a... Actually, no, I ain't going to watch the game. I was going to put on the the Steelers game. I'm not going to. I'm not going to watch any preseason football while I do the show. I'm going to focus on the show. My bad, y'all. I'm thinking... I'm, 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 hey, man. <laughs> I'm recording at a different time than usual. So, you know, things are a little, a little weird for me today. I'm all over the place. So here's... A, I, I've been hearing lately... There's a lot of excitement starting to build up around the Las Vegas Raiders going into the season. And I keep saying to myself, is it possible that the Raiders will actually be better this year? Is it possible? I don't know if it's possible. I don't know. I'm not going to say it is or isn't, but I, I don't know. I don't know. But there seems to be a lot of excitement about Garoppolo. He's back with Josh McDaniel. That's when he had his best success. Is I, 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 I just feel like people look at it like Derek Carr was so bad that like they had to get rid of him. And now that they got Garoppolo in there, they got like a real quarterback now. And that's wild to me. That's wild to me. Josh McDaniels has never shown you he could be a great head coach or even a good head coach. He's never shown it. So why is there excitement now? And then I heard just yesterday Aiden O'Connell being compared to Tom Brady. Like, bro, I watched... I watched the film on him, and I watched it a couple times. 
because the Cowboys were very interested in Aiden O'Connell. I don't see what they're talking about. I don't. I didn't see a guy that had any type of... He's blah. If you ask me, best case scenario, Brock Purdy. And I know everyone's excited about Brock Purdy. Oh, you see how good he was? No. 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 We need to stop. We need to stop. Aiden O'Connell got drafted where he got drafted for a reason. Aiden O'Connell didn't dominate in college. Aiden O'Connell is not a special talent. He's probably a solid backup quarterback for his career. And if he has to start from time to time, maybe Jacoby Brissett is like the best you could hope for. The best. Like that's like if he, I don't even think he's that good. As wild as that sounds. But anyway, that's, again, off on a tangent, but let's bring it back to the point. Can the Raiders be better? They can be better. I don't think they will be. And I'll tell you why. I think Garoppolo has shown you for his entire career, he's going to get hurt. Like, at this point, it could just be mental. And that, like, I don't know, but, like, he's going to miss time. He's going to. And once that happens, it derails everything. And what are you going to do with Josh Jacobs? Are you bringing him back? Are you going to pay him? Does he want to come back? Are you going to trade him? You know what I mean? Like, they still have some of those question marks. Josh McDaniels, how good is he? Is he really the guy that can run the team, or is he better off as a coordinator? I'm not really sure why there's so much excitement building for them. Like, I don't see it. I feel like the world wants... I feel like the world likes Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, they like him. And so they root for him, and they want him to do well. And they always hope that he's going to do well, and so they try to speak it into existence. But, bro, he is what he is. We know what it is. I'll be honest with you. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is looked at as as fondly as he is if he didn't play for the 49ers who had a really good roster around him, specifically on defense. So he never had to really do much. He was always in the game. So it only took a little play here or there to like psh, to win a game. I don't I don't know if you could trust that or buy into that. Now that that perfectly springboard springboards me into my next topic which is the uh the debate over Jameis Winston or Derek Carr who should start for the Saints. I'm going to be honest. This one is this one is is so unbelievably ironic to me. It is this is so crazy that it's happening to me. And I get story time. I have two brothers. I have a younger brother and an older brother. My younger brother is like a diehard Florida State fan. My older brother uh, is a Michigan fan, which that causes plenty of problems. But my my older brother really liked Derek Carr. He was a big fan of Derek Carr, still is. He's a Raiders fan. What happened was when Jameis Winston was winning the championship in college, my younger brother said, Jameis Winston is so good, he'll go take Derek Jobs, Derek Carr's job right now. And he said he could definitely start over Derek Carr right now. And obviously they were arguing, they were fighting, no way, da-da-da-da-da. So the fact that all these years later, they're actually on the same team, 
and one of them is going to start over the other, that is wild to me. <laughs> so I'm very interested in how this goes. But let me say, I don't know where it's going to shake out this year because, again, it's it's non-biased. It changes every year, fluctuates. But in the cyber quarterback rankings last year, Derek Carr came in at number eight. I personally think Derek Carr is a really talented quarterback. I think he's really good. I think he's undervalued, underappreciated because we live in a society and a culture that based so many things strictly on wins and losses. I think because I have the benefit of having that brother who's who's a big time Raiders fan who creates Raiders content and therefore I get to kind of see it from that perspective of like, oh no, he does a lot where he's carrying the franchise. And it, it, there's a soft spot for me because I was a big Tony Romo fan and I felt like Tony Romo got bashed for being 8-8, eight and eight, but what people don't realize is without Tony Romo, that's a 1-15, 2-14 team every year. He's literally the reason why they're able to be competitive in games. And I feel like Derek Carr has a little bit of that where it's like without Derek Carr, like that's a dumpster fire. His presence and ability is keeping that thing together to make it as good as it can possibly be. Now, I agree with you. Last year didn't look so pretty. But that's not to say the guy can't play. It's not to say he's not productive. Now, let's look on the other side and you got Jameis Winston. Well, Jameis Winston is showing you he's a turnover machine all the time, except for one season. Last year was the first year he didn't have, wasn't like a complete disaster as far as turnovers go. You're going to buy into that? I don't think so. I'm not. So what you have is you have a guy that played for you last year who you might feel some sort of sense of loyalty to, who you feel like is a really good player. And then you got another guy who's coming in who's probably more talented or better or whatever you want to call it. But like, who do you start? I think you go with Derek Carr. I think because Jameis Winston has sat the bench before, he has filled that role as being your secondary guy. I think he could better handle it than saying, because if Derek Carr comes in as a starter, which he's always been, and then he has to get benched, and Jameis Winston comes in, then great, we can go to Jameis Winston. If you try to bench Derek Carr out the gate, like you don't know how he's going to respond to that. And you might have a situation where you can't go to him now. I think Derek Carr is better than Jameis Winston. I think Derek Carr is better than than most would like to acknowledge or accept. Because, again, I think you look at records and stats and you think, like, nah, he ain't no good. And it's like, it doesn't work like that. There's some guys who don't put up great numbers. Brady is one of those guys who never put up, like, great numbers routinely. He always had numbers where you would look at him like, well, he's a... And it didn't make sense, but they were winning games. He was productive. He was doing his job. I just think it's funny that I finally, that the debate within my family over who was better than who is actually playing out in real time and we get to see it. That's unique. Now I want to talk about, I want to talk about some quarterbacks. I want to talk about three quarterbacks in particular. I want to talk about Kenny Pickett. I want to talk about Trey Lance. And I want to talk about Jordan Love. Okay. Oh, where do I start? Let me start with Kenny Pickett because Kenny Pickett, my take on Kenny Pickett is probably pure hate. (laughs) If you know, you know I was not 
I was not in on Kenny Pickett coming out of the draft last year. I I just didn't really see it. I didn't. I didn't I didn't think it would be that. Do you know what I mean? Like I didn't really I don't know. I think he got a noodle arm. I think he's I think he's got a weak arm. I think he's an athletic kid, but I think the fact that let's be honest that he's white that the athleticism gets a little bit like highlighted more because it's like, no, he can move really well. Like I get that, but like he's not a burner. You know what I mean? He's a, you know what he is? Actually, I, I take, I take all that back. Let me, let me start over. Let me start over because I feel like here's my view of Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett is a good football player. I do. When I watch Kenny Pickett play, man, I'm like, yo, that's a good football player. He's a good football player. I don't think he's a good quarterback. I don't. I don't think he has all the tools necessary to excel at this level. I think what you can get from him is solid quarterback play where on any given Sunday, he might be able to make a couple throws and and get some games. But I think, can he go in and compete with Herbert and Burrow and Mahomes and Allen and Rodgers and all these guys in the AFC? No, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. And I and I understand again, Pittsburgh is a blue collar city, and he fits perfectly into that. But man, I tell you, I don't see it, and I I I know there's a lot of hype and excitement about him too, where there's people that are just like, nah, he's gonna be good, he's gonna be good, he's gonna be this, he's gonna be that, and it's like, he'll be solid at best. I think what's telling is look at where he got drafted in that draft. And literally was by far the best quarterback. I, I didn't think he was the best, but the, the number one rated quarterback in that draft. And nobody really wanted him. I just think that that says a lot. I do. The next quarterback I want to talk about, and I'm very passionate about this one. I want to talk about Jordan Love. Because I said last week that you're wrong about Jordan Love. That Jordan Love is going to be good. He's going to work out this year. I think Jordan Love is going to be exactly what they need there. I think he's going to be solid. I think he has a chance to be a Kirk Cousins-like quarterback. A guy who is going to win a bunch of games. A guy who's going to put up some good numbers. A guy who you might never feel like is elite, but is always kind of hovering around you know, middle to upper tier of the of the NFL. A guy who's more than serviceable, more than capable, is not holding your franchise back, but may not be the thing to push your franchise over either, but is a as a guy that you have no problem having lead your team. Now, I understand that most of you are going to judge him based on well, you had Aaron Rodgers. Now you got this guy. You're all idiots. If you feel like, all right, let me ask you a question. The the negativity towards him for what? Because you've never seen him do it. Because you don't think he can. Because why would he be good? Let me bring you all the way back to 2008 when Aaron Rodgers was becoming the starter. The great Aaron Rodgers. The Aaron Rodgers who is 
unfallible, who is unbelievable, who is the greatest of all time, who never, you know, how could you ever get any better than Aaron Rodgers? His first year starting, keep in mind, the Packers went 6-10. and And that's a team that was coming off of being in the NFC Championship game in 2007. So it wasn't a bad team. They were just in the NFC Championship. You're taking over. They went 6-10. and Aaron Rodgers completed 64% of his passes. It's not un, that's not ungodly. It's not unimaginable. That's not like, psh. at this point, 64, 64% is kind of about average now for the league. He had 4,038 yards. Again, not crazy. He also threw it 536 times. Like, Jordan Love can get 64% completion and can get 4,000 yards. He had 28 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. He didn't blow the league away. He didn't blow anything out of the water. He wasn't like, he wasn't like, oh my God, like, what are we going to do? How do we, what, oh my gosh, he was a good player. But he improved from that first year. Nobody was putting him in the Hall of Fame in that first year. You understand what I'm saying? So why can't Jordan Love come in and complete 63% of his passes for 3,800 yards, uh, 24 touchdowns, and 15 interceptions? QB rating of, I don't know, let's say 88. You can't, that's, that's not okay? And his first year starting, that's not okay? Like, you don't think that you would look at that and be like, nah, that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, he could do that. And then if that's year one, how much better could he get in year two? Having all those games under his belt, that experience, like, how how much better do you think he can get in game, in year two? Because, again, you can't get better. Aaron Rodgers never would have gotten to the level that he got to if he sat the bench and then all of a sudden came in in year eight and said, now go do it. You're not going to improve that exponentially by riding the pine and playing in the preseason. You need to go in the real games in a regular season, go through the fire, get caught up that way, and then you can exponentially improve. Everybody's going to improve in practice. Sure, I give you that. But the exponential growth to go from where Aaron Rodgers was, like 26 and 12, 26 and 13, to being 45 and 4, that's from playing. If you think Jordan Love is going to fall on his face this year, completely crap the bed, completely fall apart, be miserable, be awful, I'm going to sit here and tell you you're wrong. You're wrong. And if I end up being wrong, I'll come in and I'll, man, I, whew, I'll say it. <laughs> I'll acknowledge if I'm wrong, but I don't think so. I think Jordan Love can match or come very, very close to matching what Aaron Rodgers did in his first year as a starter. And I think that's about what we should be expecting, like a guy making his his first starts in the NFL. His first season, his first full season as a starter. What can you expect? That's what I would expect.
I don't think it's crazy. So sue me. The last quarterback I want to talk about, uh, in this one, I might be more like, I might be more like confused as to how this happens. Trey Lance for the 49ers is literally, they are trying to boot him out of there. And I don't get it. I don't get it. Everyone is talking about how bad Trey Lance is. What a bad pick. Blah, 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 blah. Do you do you guys forget? Am I the only person that likes to remember? And like, you had a plan. That you, we all knew what it was going to be. We all knew what it was. And now you stick to the plan? Let me tell you something. Let me, let me, I'll, let's start with this. Let's start with this. Brock Purdy came in last year. who's picked dead last in the NFL draft. Why? Because every team watched film on him and thought, ah, we don't think he could get it done in the pros. Long term. No, no GM, no coaches looking at a quarterback and saying, can you do it for seven games? Every one of them can. There's, there's not a single quarterback in college coming out in the draft that couldn't have a seven-game hot streak. It can happen. What they're looking for is, can you do it long term? No, I don't think so. I have questions. I have a lot of questions. You have limitations. I'll pick you up as a priority free agent. We'll bring you in-house, and then we'll see what you can do. That was his start. He came in, and he played well. He played. He did exactly what they asked him to do, exactly what they needed him to do, but that was it. Nothing more, nothing less. Hey, here's what, here's all we need you to do. And he went out and he did it. They didn't give him everything. They didn't put the team on his shoulders. They said, here's what we need you to do. He was able to go do it. They moved heaven and earth to get Trey Lance. And what was the number one knock on Trey Lance coming out of North Dakota State? He hasn't played many games. I think it was something like he had the fewest starts at quarterback of anybody being drafted that high. Like, it was bonkers. He played like one season as a starter, and then the next season was COVID year in 2020. He played one game, and then the season was shut down. The dude played like 12 games of football, and then comes to the NFL and gets hurt in his first two years and don't play at all. So in like the last six years, the guys played like 12 games of competitive football. And of those 12 games, like 10 of them were against Division I AA. Everybody knew the talent was undeniable with Trey Lance. The athleticism, the arm strength, the arm talent, it's all there. But he's very raw. And someone's going to have to build him and put it all together. And you hope he gets it. Now you're telling me that you want to bail? Why? If you went to Trey Lance right now and said, yo, I'll give you a five-year extension for $8 million a year, I think Trey Lance takes that deal. I think he takes it. I think he takes it right now. Because I think Trey Lance is thinking, look, I don't know what's going to happen to my career. Now, I know he's a competitor, so he's probably thinking I'll go somewhere else and blah, blah, blah. But I would get creative if I'm the 49ers. I'm not letting this guy go, and I'm not trying to trade him for pennies and biscuits. I'm not. This guy is the most talented quarterback on the roster. 
the most talented quarterback on the roster right now is Trey Lance. At their best, if Trey Lance reaches his full potential, he is far better than Brock Purdy. Far better. And he's on a rookie contract. You ain't even got to pay him nothing right now. And he's got no market value because nobody knows what they're going to get. So you can probably give him a friendly deal. So get creative. I would give him a five-year extension for this number guaranteed. If after two years, you become the full-time starter and you reach these levels and these thresholds, you are able to opt out and renegotiate a new contract. Why would you do that? Because at that point, number one, he'll sign it now because he's got the guaranteed money because you guarantee the whole contract, right? Then, so now he has, I know where I'm going to be. I know I'm here. I know you believe in me. I can now work on my game. Number two, you protect yourselves to say, look, if it don't work out, it's a very low cost investment. And number three, he'll take it because in two years, if he does become the starter and is really good, he's going to want more money. And guess what? If he turns out to be what he's supposed to be, the 49ers have no problem giving him the money anyway. Get creative. Get creative with it. But try to lock him up for a longer period of time at a lower number. You know, you understand what I'm saying? See what you got. Because, again, he's super talented, but he is very raw. And he might be one of those guys who needs a little extra time because he hasn't played football much. He hasn't played much football. But the fact that everyone's bailing on him is like, bro, are you crazy? He hasn't done anything to make you feel like it's impossible for him to play in the NFL. He's showing you glimpses. He's showing you really bad things. But anytime you see him play, he just looks a little lost. He doesn't look incapable. He just looks like, hey, man, this is all happening so fast. It hasn't slowed down for me yet. I, have, I don't have enough experience. You got to get him experience. I don't care what nobody says. Brock Purdy is not the answer. He is the answer, but not a good one. I can't wait for y'all. I can't wait for Brock Purdy to come out and just look like Brock Purdy. And then y'all say, oh, oh, were we wrong about this? Yeah, you are. Y'all love Brock Purdy because he had a few good games. And if you, even if you look at it, if you, yo, look, I've been watching football for a long time. We all have. I know, I know the media has to create stories. I know they have to ride things out. When you watch Brock Purdy, you know what you saw? A guy who just wasn't losing the game. He just wasn't messing it up. He was keeping the train on the tracks. He was making one or two good throws a game. He had a clean pocket, though, didn't he? What happened when he didn't have a clean pocket? They broke him. They broke him. <coughs> That's what you get. So I'm looking at it and I'm saying, all right, look. I would try to keep Trey Lance a little longer. I mean, I know the, the contract extension probably sounds wild, but I'm thinking of it at a really low number because he's not going to go out on open market and command much. But the team who decides to give him something, maybe it could be in business. Someone like a New England who will decide, like, yo, we'll we'll bring you on. We'll bring you on. We'll try it and see what happens. You could be a backup for a year or two. We don't want to pay Mac Jones big time money anyway. Something like that could happen, right? I just think you're crazy if you're trying to move off Trey Lance, like just get rid of him. Like, I don't think that's necessary. Keep him around. He got talent. See if you could really, you know, get him some experience, get him some reps, and see what happens, man. Take your chances. Now the time has finally come before I get out of here. It is the official first picks of 
the year. I'm super excited. Let's start with the game in Dublin. That was a terrible, terrible Irish accent. <laughs> My apologies. Look, I am I am nervous as all get up for the Ohio State Notre Dame game simply because of Sam Hartman at quarterback. Look, I love Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman is one of those guys who I feel like I don't know if he's a pro quarterback. But I just know when it comes to college, when it comes to bright lights, when it comes to those big moments, he's a guy that I feel like is going to deliver. I feel like he's a guy that wants it. I feel like he's a guy that, like, is begging for it. And I, I, hey, man. He's a good player. He's a guy you want on your roster. Him going to Notre Dame is massive. I think Notre Dame is going to be so much better with him on the roster. At quarterback, way better than what they had. Their defense is going to be solid. Their running game is going to be what it is. The offensive line is always stacked. That's what they do. Sam Hartman back there, going to make some plays. They're going up against Navy. Again, I don't really pick college football by the spread because I think that's a that's a, that's a a stupid thing. I will be picking the NFL games based on the spread. And this year, I will be picking every game, every weekend. Okay. In college football, I'll just be picking the top 25. In the NFL, every game. Well, I guess that's every game, right? Who cares about anybody outside the top 25 in college football? So it's going to be a bunch of games this year. So this week, we have Navy taking on Notre Dame. Obviously, I'm going with Notre Dame. Okay? (laughs) Navy's one of those teams that's tricky, but, like, they got one trick, and then, like, it... Their defense ain't going to stop nobody. Like Sam Hartman going to put up numbers, put people on notice. So that's not interesting. And the other game uh, in the nightcap is, is USC versus San Jose State. Look, this is this is the bad part of college football. Is in the first week, you get ready for a bunch of blowouts, a bunch of bad matchups, a bunch of, it's basically a preseason. It's for for big name teams to get like some easy work in, just to get some game reps, to get the excitement going before you maybe schedule something big for week two. It's 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 always been the trend. It's always the thing. So USC playing San Jose State, obviously I got USC, but I will say this now: there is so much hype around Caleb Williams, and I don't know what it is yet, and it's not hate, but I don't really like Caleb Williams I don't I don't I'm not the biggest fan I know they're saying he's going to be the number one pick in the draft he's the best college quarterback he's he should be the front runner for the Heisman again I don't see it man I don't see it I'm not a big fan but I think he balls out against San Jose State I think the talk for the next day or two uh actually for the rest of the week is going to be how great Caleb Williams is. I think that's a really good showcase for him. I think he has a big night. So my first two picks of the year, Notre Dame over Navy, USC over San Jose State. That's easy picks. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing upsets because that's always fun, but it's not going to happen. Not in week one. That's my time, y'all. Look, I appreciate y'all coming through today. appreciate y'all being patient with me uh, on a little bit of a delay. Uh, Listen, if you have any responses or ideas or thoughts or comments on anything that I've said, 
Hit me up on all social media platforms at cyber underscore pod. That's S-I-B-R underscore P-O-D. You can check me. You can hit me up. Contact me. I will get back to you. I love communicating with you guys. I love talking to the people. I love talking sports with people. I love everybody's perspective. It's so awesome to be going back and forth with people and just seeing where like their perspective is. Because we all look at things different. It's sports, baby. That's what it's about. This community, this cyber family. I'm trying to grow it to be the biggest, best community of sports fans in the world you can check me out on youtube at cyber network that's s-i-b-r network for exclusive videos i'm gonna be putting up my picks there in video form and giving a little bit more detail on why i'm making these picks we're gonna have a lot of fun over there there's gonna be a lot of exclusive content come over there listen to the podcast listen to the podcast there if you want to like i said follow me on social media if you want to reach out to me hit me up slide in the dms if you feel you need to hit me up in the comments whatever you need to do hit me up cyber family i love y'all i appreciate y'all and i'll see y'all next week